This is a Main Hustle Media podcast. It sounds like one of the names they would have for a monarch. It's like Queen Javia the First, Black Radical Queer, Frontier <laughs> 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 Negro Women. <laughs> All the way from the A, you listen to my favorite lesbian on BRQ. I'm my black girl magic voodoo shit with the bamboo earrings on some new new shit. I'm new when this money asking who this bitch. I'm the bitch with the pussy with the judo Hey y'all, this is Javi Nicole, aka your favorite lesbian, and you're listening to Black Radical Queer Podcast, our stories on our own terms. Hey y'all, this is Javi Nicole. Welcome back to another episode of Black Radical Queer Podcast. Um, I'm really excited about the guest I have today. Um, you already know like how this whole process goes, so I always allow my guests to introduce themselves, and then we will get into our conversation. So I'll give her a moment to do that. Hi, my name is Tommy Coleman. I am the owner and the CEO of PSI Love Me. Is that good? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So for okay. so I wanted to have Tommy on so that she could give you all a little bit more information about PSI Love Me and also so that you all could just get to know her a little bit. Um, so PSI Love Me is a clothing brand and um so our so you can go ahead and like go into the backstory because i don't want to get any like dates or anything wrong like when did oh. you start it kind of motivated you which i think the the inspiration behind the name of everything is beautiful okay um but y'all got to hear from her herself <laughs> okay so um ps i love me is a brand i started back uh way beyond when i was in college um i graduated college in 2012 so i did this a long time ago um it started off as me not liking the color of my skin i hated being a dark-skinned woman i wanted to be light-skinned um i wanted to be beautiful i didn't feel like i was beautiful so there was a time in my life where I literally want to cut my face up. I had a great friend at that point in time. And for about three weeks out of that time, I woke up with P.S. I love me all of my mirrors. Um, no, no matter if I wiped it down, it stayed there. It was in pink lipstick. She left it there. Um, it was a message. It was a message that. I looked at it so many times, I started to believe in it. Um, it was something that was pretty much true to myself. And I feel like it's so much hatred that's going on in the world now. P.S. I love me. It's a household name that everybody should know. Um, love comes from within. And if you don't love yourself, won't nobody else love you. So that's basically what I had to go through. It was a time in my life where I, who I hated myself. Ooh. It was a terrible time, but it helped me overcome just seeing P.S. I love me, just saying P.S. I love me, just saying I love me no matter what nobody say. Like somebody could say to me, you ugly, you nappy headed. <laughs> I don't care. P.S. Because I <laughs> love me. Like that's just right. how it made me feel. And I feel like the whole world should feel that way. No, I do think that's important. Um, as I mean, I'm dark skinned, too. So I definitely had those experiences of growing up being told that. Um, I would be prettier if I was light skinned. Uh, uh, yes, I I hate that word. I, oh my god, I I, I hate light skin as a race, and I will beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like so many, you know, little things like that, or just the nicknames that I would get called, or just all kinds of stuff. So I definitely understand that. And when you live in a world that tells you that you know, the way you look is not like what the standard is for beauty, then you have to constantly fight that message internally because you're seeing all this imagery around you that's like, oh, well, you got to be light skin or white mm-hmm. skin. You got to have long hair. You got to do this and the third. And I'm like, well, I'm dark skin. I got natural hair. Like, I'm not small. You know, I'm like the opposite. Exactly. exactly. I feel um, you. You have to really like go against that, you know, for yourself. So, um, I, which I didn't even know when I did look into, you know, read the backstory, I know that you mentioned like, oh, you didn't feel beautiful, but I didn't know why. So I'm glad that you, you know, expanded on what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took just, and then another thing that you mentioned was that, you know, because of that, like you just really, um, kind of went through like this depression. And I think that it's so important that we talk about mental health because especially Ooh, yes. They we're expected to just like be strong through everything and just push through, push through. And like, you know, you can't like take a break to kind of get yourself together. And we have to do that. And that's what mm-hmm. that message, you know, you seeing that message all the time was really 
a, another form of like you taking care of yourself. Like, okay, I have to, this is a mantra. I got to, exactly. you know, remind. I got to pick just, myself up for the world. Yep. Right. So exactly. I, I felt, I mean, this message is one of those messages that, and, and I feel like I went through a depression a little bit alone because no one knew it until my friend came into the room and was like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? So it was one of those things. I had to go through it alone, but I was, I didn't go through it alone, but I went through it alone. You get what I'm saying? Like, right. Oh, she, I definitely understand. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my whole meaning for the message. Even if you are going through it alone, you always have P.S. I love me. Like, I'm here. <laughs> I got you back. Like, I mean... I mean, that's the thing about when you're... And I've, I've talked about this, like, before, um, but when you go through, like, times of depression and stuff like that, they can feel very... Even if you know that you're not by yourself technically, it's still very isolating. It's a very isolating thing to feel that way kind of in your own skin. So mm -hmm. that's why it can feel very, very lonely. So it's like to be able to have this, you know, self-love and to come out of that um, is, you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing, but it's definitely necessary to be able to do oh. so. Yes, it's very necessary. And I feel like the connection with fashion and um, this persona, oh, you have to be this certain way. And to be honest, a lot of people feel like because they're bigger, they can't look a certain way. And I'm going to be mm -hmm. honest, I'm I'm four foot 11. I'm a double zero. I'm fighting. I'm <laughs> fighting standards, too. Like I'm fighting double standards. Like I can't fit nothing in fashion over if you get what I'm saying. So it's like yeah. I don't have the boobs. I don't have the butt. I don't have the hips that these people are seeing on TV. So now so, so now we're fighting a whole nother standard outside of, oh, you know, it's not just about being, you know, skinny is beautiful or being you know, being uh, big is ugly because it's not. If you love who you are, no matter what you win, is no one can make you feel differently about yourself. And that's kind of what I'm going through. Like, I'm 31 years old, and my friends, like, told me, like, why won't you go get this done? Why won't you go get that done? For what? Why? For what? I mean, I'm, I'm happy with who I am. God made me who I am for a reason, and I was taught to embrace it. And life is all about embracing things. And if you don't embrace things, you won't always fall. And I feel like if you don't embrace what you have within this shell that God created for a reason, then, you know, it's going to be hard. But you have to embrace it. You have to embrace it first. And you have to love within. Because if you, if you love yourself, it's, it's going to pour out to everyone else. Like... If you hate yourself, everyone around you going to hate you. So if you love yourself, everybody around you going to be like, yo, this girl, let's just love herself so much in a humble way. It makes me want to be around this person nine times. Like, you're going to be a man magnet. You're going to be a female magnet. You're just going to be an, a person magnet J just naturally because your energy is positive because the love that you have within for yourself is coming from without. I mean, it's coming from out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's important too to do to use fashion as a means of kind of like this message of accepting yourself and loving yourself because what we wear says a lot about us and what we wear can um can either like reinforce, like, let's say if you already feel good about yourself, then what you wear can just reinforce that. You can be like, oh, I feel really good in the, in these clothes, in these clothes. But if you don't feel good about yourself, then the clothes can make you feel worse. Or even on those days where like, I know for me, if on a day, if I'm not feeling great, a lot of times I'm like, I dress up because I'm like, okay, if I look mm -hmm. good, it's going to help me feel better. But in those situations where I'm like, oh, I can't find the things that I want to wear, like th to fit my body the way I want them to fit, then that's something that's discouraging. So it's good to be able to use fashion in a way um, to fit each person and to like make them feel good about themselves, which is what really uh, caught my attention because my introduction, so for listeners, because of course y'all will have no way of knowing this. Um, so my introduction to PS I Love Me was through Amber, um, who I, who I, had on the podcast and um really girl <laughs> <laughs> what I liked is that um because you styled her and it's so many people for one who kind of like shy away from styling folks who are not small um and oh, it's not I like she's <laughs> but I just like I like how she, I mean she looked good the styling was good I'm actually going to use uh one of her, like one, one of the pictures in like what you styled her in as like her Thank image you. and her image. Uh, but yeah, so it's like, you know, to be able to be in something that you feel good and look good in 
that fits her body well, you know, that fits her style. And so that just shows that, you know, you're really paying attention to what this person wants, what suits them and also what fits them well. Because sometimes folks have some stuff and it's like, okay, this is not really fitted to this person. And so that stood out to me because I saw as she did her vlog, how good she felt like the whole time. Like, you know, of course, just being, even just being in your presence, she's like, she's so cool. She's so cool. You know, but also being styled, she was like, dang, you know, I've never done this before. This is great. So to be able to provide that to someone, I think was, um, it was, it was awesome to see, you know, and to see this person who I've been following for a while, see them feel really, really good and confident and sexy and all that. Um, you really can't beat it. And then for you to, come through and kind of like bring what your talent is, but also just your personality. And you just like, okay, we're hanging out, we're chilling, grubbing, you know, going out. <laughs> exactly. Person's image very seriously. And it's like, I feel like no one does that for us. Like we can do for ourselves. Like, I don't feel like, I don't know. I think that it took a very specific, I feel like Okay, this uh, hopefully this makes sense. So I feel like as a black woman, you're you were in a better position to kind of do that for another black woman. Like, okay, well, this is, you know, kind of how I want her to walk away feeling from feeling, you know, about exactly. And so I think that it just creates a deeper connection than someone who's just going to look at you and be like, okay, let me just throw some clothes on you. See when, thank you, thank you, thank you. By the way, um, I, I'm honored with everything that you said. Um, but when I look at fashion and I look at my clients, because I don't look at them as clients, we are friends. Once we sit down and we have a consultation, and I get to know you, I'm I'm in your life, I'm in your closet, I'm in your wardrobe. So <laughs> literally, like, like oh my god, open the closet door. You like holding out a shirt, like okay, so this is what you should wear. <laughs> oh. Amber tell you, I'm I'm with her now. Like she'll call me be like as a friend. Like she'll call me like, hey girl, let's go out. I'm like, okay, what you wearing? Cause we gotta make sure everything's on point. I got this in the closet. We're gonna do that this. But yeah, but it's not in a bad thing because I feel like if you look good, you feel good. And mm-hmm. if you feel good, uh, it just helps you love who you are a little bit more. And from beginning to end, I look at every client as personal. So I ask them what you like and what you don't like. And basically, you know, what makes you feel good? What in life makes you feel good? And they might say the beach. They might say, you know, just hanging out with my friends. They might just say eating. So at that point, I know how to kind of channel their energy when it comes to clothing. Because a lot of people look at getting Amber came to me completely freaking out. Like, majority of my clients come to me like, oh, my God, I, you know, I don't know what to wear and I'm not the size that I used to be or I'm not the person that I used to be or or I want this image. And I'm like, what image do you want and what makes you feel comfortable? People come to me and say, well, I want to look like this person. Why do you want to look like this person? Because that person looks... Yeah. And I said, okay, we can get you that look that's similar to them, but you can never look like that person because you are who you are. And I say that to them. You have to embrace who you are. And that's what I do from beginning to end. And I think with me that what makes it, it's more personal. It's not, um, it's not about putting you in Versace or it's not about putting you in designer clothes. It's about making you feel good in whatever you are. We can go to the thrift store with $10 and I can make you walk out there looking like uh, uh, offset for the runway. I'm dead serious. It's just because <laughs> it's how you feel. And whatever we put you in, if you love it, you love it. But your attitude states everything. And you got to go in there with a positive attitude. And you always got to love everything that you do. And if you give me a leeway, I'm I'm going to make it fun. I'm not one of those people that, oh, you have to wear this because so-and-so is wearing this. No. Right. It, <laughs> Everyone's it, wearing this. Put this on. <laughs> no. If you don't like it, next. <laughs> okay. So let's go find what you like. Um. I'm super easy to work with. Um, I love what I do. I'm passionate. And I wouldn't put you in anything that I wouldn't put myself in. Um, right. I love you, colors. I'm sorry, go I ahead. Was gonna ask, I was going to ask you, did you start that process with yourself? Like, um, like for example, one of the things that I used to do is um, photography. 
and um and still a little bit, but no, I used to be like into it really heavy. And but before I started photographing other people, I did this whole thing of like self-portraits because I was like, I wanna get an understanding of like the camera and you know, all that kind of stuff. And also just I wanted to be able to speak to people from experience. So once I started um, really getting into it and and doing photo shoots and all that kind of stuff, I wanted to be able to speak to models from the perspective of someone who had model. I mean, I had like for other people, but I also wanted to just kind of like be able to let them know like, hey, this is kind of what gets me in this headspace or this is what works for me so that they knew that um, I was approaching it from someone who understood as opposed to someone who's just telling them what to do. So did you start the process like with yourself, like, okay, well, let me figure out, basically let me style myself, like, you know, in a very deliberate way, like, okay, what kind of things do, you know, what kind of vibe am I going for today or anything like that? Like, did you kind of treat yourself like your first <laughs> client, basically? Um, yes. Yes and no with a sense. Um, I've been doing, I've, I come from a household of 15 brothers and sisters, so my background is very deep. Um, so I started off like right now I work for a custom men's clothing department. I design suits custom and I also sell suits for men. Um, it was kind of a lump in the road that I would never thought I would never thought in my life I would ever have to sell suits for men. But, but, but when I started six years ago, my dad and my seven brothers became my first like test dummies, like test dummies. <laughs> they were like your Literally. mannequins. They were like my mannequins. Like my dad would be like, I need a suit. Okay, don't worry about it. I'll I'll go to work, put this down, put this down, put these colors together, text him, ask him what he don't like, what he do like. And then my customers started being my test dummies. And then I started taking pictures and then people started saying, Tommy, I need you for my weddings. I need you to come in and do my closets. It was one of these niches that kind of went from me just doing suits to kind of me opening up a whole nother spectrum. And when it comes to the female world, everything I put on myself, I will put on you. Basically. Um, I will add anything you want to wear. It's doable. It's just how you style it. To be honest, anybody can wear anything. And I learned that we're working with men. They, they might say, no, a female can't wear this because of this. No, you can wear whatever you want to wear. It's just how you style it. Mm-hmm. We just have to put certain things in certain areas, place this here, here, here. It might not look how you perceived it, but if this person likes what they have on, we can make anything work. I'm, I'm dead serious. Um, fashion is all in how you make it. People, people literally go and study books on how, oh, how I should do this, how I should do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. there are books. Yeah, there are ways in fashion that people say high-end fashion should be. But to be honest, if you look at a lot of designers now, fashion is really what you make it. It's what you feel like look good together. Somebody, okay, because Versace said that plaid and stripes look good together, everybody's about to put on plaid and stripes. I'm dead serious. Just because Versace said it. Okay, so why can't I come out with plaid and stripe? Because P.S. I Love Me said it. Everybody should be wearing it because they feel good in it, no matter what it is. And that's how I kind of started my niche. Um, I pretty much start with within and work my way out from every client. I'll start from within and work my way out. What makes you feel good? What colors make you feel good? Um, that's basically how I started it. And then, and then also I love the color wheel. I studied the color wheel in college. Um, I went to the art Institute and I had to paint and I really thought I couldn't draw, but me painting and me learning the color wheel helped me when it comes to fashion and fabric and, um, styling people, knowing what tones look good on different people, undertones, shades, um, tints, tertiary colors. Those things mean a lot of things when you're styling people. And I take that and I run with it. <laughs> uh, definitely. I mean, you have to have like that, that at least that foundational understanding. Um, okay. So you said, I want to backtrack a little bit. You said you went to our Institute. So how, how did you get from East coast? Cause we talked a little bit about like, Hey, we were both from the East coast. Um, so how did you get from the East coast to here? Like how long have you been here? What was that, that transition? Like, did you come here specifically to further, you know, your fashion or, you know, how did that happen? Um, oh, that, okay. So I've been in LA since May of 2016. Yes. So I'm coming up almost on my three year mark this year coming up. 
Um, I was, I moved here from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I went to school in Arlington, Virginia. Um, I moved out to LA. Excuse me. I moved out to LA because it was something that I felt like it was important for me. I felt like it would have been a leap of faith. And I felt like East Coast for my brand is not going to touch the world the same way if I was to start it in, in Baltimore. I needed to branch out. I needed to network with other people. I needed to mm-hmm. see bigger things. I needed to see different people. I needed to see different struggles. I had to go through the struggles that I had to go to to kind of um, realize that my brand is bigger than just a clothing line. It's a message. Um, moving out here was a struggle for me. I have, I told you I have 15 brothers and sisters and I, and my mom, I have a wonderful support system. I have a crazy platform back at home. So it was one of those things where me being home was kind of like hindering me. So I felt mm-hmm. like moving to LA would have been something for me to help me get out on my feet, put me in areas where, you know, I needed to uh, figure out how, how I'm going to, you know, get from point A to point B. I can't call mommy and ask mommy to come get me. So I kind of moved okay. out here to grow up. And, and in a sense, it grew me up in my business. And a lot of people probably mm. like, wow, I've never heard this because this is my first time telling anybody this in this form. But that was one of my main focuses. And then to start my brand as well. But I wanted to uh, grow up first. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I think that's important. Um, something that um, so I'm kind of bouncing around. So something that because, y'all, I'm coming from the perspective of like, Hey, I follow on IG, I bookmark the website, like I, you know, I'm saying that kind of stuff. So I'm asking the stuff that, you know, that piqued my interest. That's fine. <laughs> so That's fine. One of the things that you mentioned was that um, in terms of like your styling was not focusing necessarily on sizes and instead having like positive messages. And exactly. um, so I want to know like more about that. Cause for me, as someone who definitely has had, all kind of uh, struggles with, and still, I mean, I'm still struggling with fashion in a sense that I'm very, like my demeanor and my personality, everything is kind of very in the middle and kind of like how I view myself, like my listeners know this, I'm kind of more kind of straddle the fence. Like I I am very femme presenting, but very Mm -hmm. also a lot of masculine energy. So I want to be able to like from being, I don't want to be super, super, super femme presenting because I don't feel like I'm being my authentic self, but it's easier, honestly. Um, it's easier for me to find a dress that's going to stretch and go over my hips. <laughs> like it's easier I got for, you. you know, it's an easier thing. And it's it's been kind of like less expensive too. So I've kind of gotten to this routine of, um, okay, well, I can, I know what dress sizes fit me. I know, you know, I can throw this on and I'm trying to transition from that to the style that I really, really, um, envision for myself that I feel like would be more representative of who I am overall, not just this very one part of me. So, okay. So I'll say all that to say it. So it stood out to me and it really um, resonated with me when I saw that you were talking about, oh, well, um, you know, I focus more on the positive messages as opposed to sizes, because that's something that has been a struggle for me trying to figure out, okay, you know, what size do I wear? What should I do? And it can be very discouraging. Like I would mm-hmm. just, I don't like the shop. So I would just I be like, you. you know what? I'm I'm done with this. I'm just gonna go and I'll just throw on a dress. You know, like just kind of give exactly. up. <laughs> so um that perspective is one of those things where I feel like sizes should only be for the designer, to be honest. Sizes are really only meant for the designer to know what darts to put here and what seams to put here. So that's why when I feel like um because I'm in the ma- I'm in the mass of working on some big labels, so I'm in private labeling right now. Um, when I'm I'm working on trying to get my label to where we can have expressions instead of sizes, instead of the customers coming in and saying I have to get oh a size zero, or, oh a size seven, or oh a size sixteen, or oh a size you know eleven, we can basically just say okay I measured you, okay we're going to get you this curvy. Just 
It's way better than saying sizes. Sizes are 10 times assaulting. Who cares about what size you wear? Who cares? It's all about how you feeling it and the expression and the way that item makes you feel. So me putting a size in that doesn't benefit you. It, it doesn't do anything but make you feel more assaulting when you have to keep going right. up sizes because something right. doesn't fit. That's, That's not really your fault. That's not your fault. That's my fault. That's something that us as designers, we have to work on. You get what I'm saying? So that was my main focal point for having, um, and, and that is my main focal point for my clothing line. Um, no, I, I'm that, I, I hope that that's something that catches on because I think that's so real. I mean, I've only seen, I know like um, the plus size brand Torrid, like they um, they change their sizing and they do like, but they it's still numbers though. Like they don't do, um, so they do plus size only. So mm-hmm. start at like a, they don't say like 14, 16, 18. They'll put like one, two, three, four, and then it covers certain ranges. But I still like what like your like kind of just how you decide to how you decided to do it. I like that better um, because to me it does make sense that that the sizing and all that is something that is for the designer, so they know like this is how much of this I need to use. This is where this needs to go. That makes sense to me. But as a consumer, if I'm like okay, well, you know, I know that for this brand, I need to go to Curvy. I need to go to this. I need to go to that. That makes sense. I mean, because even when brands try to do it, they may say, oh, we have like um, tall, like you can get like tall lengths, you can get the curve, you can get the straight leg, but it's still mm-hmm. foundation is still the size. It's still, you know, you got to get 16, 12, whatever, as opposed to being like, okay, you're, you're styling me. You've taken my measurements. You're like, okay, I know in yes, I love me style. And I don't exactly, culture, you know, exactly, exactly. Because it's left up to me. I should already know what I put in that. You know what I mean? I should already know who it should fit because that's trial and error and that's you at the designer. Um, that That is one of my main focal points for the female line for a PS I Love Me. Um, it's going to be more trickier with the male line um, just because the male spec charts are completely different from females. Um, females are a little bit more easier because we can give a lot of stretch. Um Men's clothing. And that's so rare, but it's rare because usually people say, oh, men's are easier. Men's is easier. So to say, I mean, I get why you're saying that, women, because it does make sense. Like, you can add that stretch because Lord knows a stretch gets me through. <laughs> exactly. Um, like, you can add stretch to certain things and it still right. doesn't uh, mess with the lay of the garment. With the if line. Add, yeah. yeah, with the line of the garment. If I add stretch to some men jeans, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> they could be like, okay, why these look like Lil Wayne jeans? These didn't look like Lil oh, Wayne no. jeans on the thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there are certain, like, people say men's clothes are easy. <laughs> they are to an ex. I mean, they are easier to design, but easier to make? No. Hmm, it's a little bit right. more thinking into. Um, people think, oh, yeah, she's just sewing, or oh, yeah, she's just putting this on that, and it's it's not that easy. It's, it's I mean, it's it's levels to everything that I'm doing because I'm doing it in a different aspect of it. I'm looking at my fabric and saying, oh, okay, this fabric should be able to fit multiple sizes. Not just, oh, I just need a stretch. No, I need to find a fabric that's going to lay on this person, this this lady, this guy, on all different shapes. Yeah. Right. No, that makes sense to me. Um, Okay, so... For, so you, you came to L.A. in 2016, which, I mean, actually, I think I only came here maybe five, six months before you did. So I've only, I've been here a little bit longer than you, but not much. Um, so I, it is definitely a shift, <laughs> you know, a transition coming from Whoa. the West. Shift in the atmosphere. Right. The culture is different. The cost of living Jesus. Oh, oh, um, Uh, it's a huge thing. So how has that adjustment been? Like, I know that's not related to fashion, but I just mean like for you as a person and for you really trying to like make that transition and get settled in a new place, because that's it. I mean, my listeners know it was rough for me. I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like, hey, I actually feel good here because I was fucking miserable. (laughs) So you Oh, okay. So, who? I want to tell all my followers and all your followers, if you ever want to move to L.A., always walk in faith and not by sight. If you walk in sight, it will always get you in trouble. To sum Mm. that up, 
to elaborate it a little bit more, um, me moving out here was a shocker. Uh, I got knocked down about twice. I was homeless. Um, me and my fiance lived in our car. Uh, a landlord stole $500 from us. Um, I can get ruined that, but the thing that shocked me the most is I had somebody personally that I grew up with that kind of smacked me in my face and left me out for dead almost. Um, if you look at my trailer and in my documentary, I'm going to elaborate a little bit more into it. And then you kind of see a little bit more on the documentary on YouTube. Make sure I include, um, I'll make sure I include the link because I did watch it, but I'll make sure <laughs> in the um, notes, you know, I mm-hmm. know like I'll include like your your social media stuff and the link to that because yo shit was real y'all gonna have to mm, I got but, but go ahead yeah. and tell <laughs> but um yeah just the, moving out to LA was a at first it was a at first it was all you know fun and games you know you get out here you're like yeah you know I'm working I got a little bit of money I you know I can find me an apartment. You find your apartment and you realize that money isn't where it's at. So now you have to have a roommate. Then you have a roommate and you realize your roommate isn't the person that they really are from when they were growing up with you. Wow. Leave you, go out of town, come back home, go to work, leave my, leave me completely assed out. Sorry if I'm not supposed to be cussing, but just left me ass out. Um, You can curse. (laughs) Um... Three, two weeks later, we were homeless. I literally packed up. My mom's like, come home. I'm like, no, no. What am I coming home for? Not saying, you know, going home would have been sweet. I would have had my own house. You know, mommy would have put me up, but going home wasn't my message. Going home wasn't my message. Going home wasn't what I came out here to do. I came out here to be a better Tormi, to be be a better business owner, be a better woman. I came out here to create a business, to create a foundation, not just for me, for my family. P.S. I Love Me isn't just a clothing line. It's an LLC. I have an umbrella of companies that I'm willing, that I am creating right now. I have a nonprofit organization because I was homeless. It's called P.S. Help for the Homeless. Um, So I felt at that point in my life, me going home wasn't wasn't an option. Yeah, it would have gone against what you were trying to do. It would have gone against all my beliefs. It would have, would have, I mean, I mean, it would have, wouldn't against all my dreams. I would have had to go back to square one and then go home and be like, where am I move at now? No, I stayed here in LA. I fought it out for three months. I slept in my car. We had hotels. I don't, I didn't have any friends out here that say, oh, yo, can I use your shower? I didn't have right. any of that. I, 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 still to this day, I have no room for F up. Like I had, I don't have that option. So I, so I basically had to, sorry, I basically had to pick up and literally get myself together within, a, I had a three-month span. Lord knows, I was searching for apartments. I finally found an apartment. Um, God gave me the apartment, and, and I had been in this apartment, we're going on my second year now, almost. Second year, I just renewed it, yeah. So no matter what you go through, like, I went to work every day. Nobody knew I was homeless. Nobody knew, like, I would go to work, clock in, do what I had to do, go home, sleep in my car, call my mom, you know. We had to do what we had to do, but nobody knew. And I fought, and I fought, and I fought. And still to this day, like, I'm still fighting. I'm still fighting demons. Don't, I mean, believe it or not, I'm still pissed at what that girl did to me. But I feel like, you know, fighting her. That's a rough thing to, grow. you know what I mean? Like, that's a, you changed somebody's life in a (laughs) negative way when you do something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's. Oh yeah, that's another level. Ooh, but I released it. I prayed on it. I I pray. You know, I wish her the best of luck in life. I'm not going to dwell on it because if you dwell on it, it's not going to do nothing but knock my blessings. So I live and I learn, and I'm in a better state now. I have my own apartment. I have my own car. I I mean, me and my fiance both working, and we have PS. I love me. I think I'm doing pretty darn good. I'm right. way I'm yeah. way better than I was a year and a half ago. Right. That's for sure. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like people never know. You know, a lot of times folks may count you out or they may just underestimate what you're capable of. And it's like it's, it's a good thing to not even get caught up in what, you know, in, in other people's issues, because ultimately 
that person, even though it definitely had an impact on you, the way that they did things and them basically just kind of like abandoning you, just dipping out, um, says a lot about their character and about who they really are as a person. And so instead of like getting, you know, super caught up on that, it's like, okay, well, I still got to live my life and, and move forward. And we will over the years too, you know, even if you know somebody for a long time, like you will learn people, people change, you know, people, mm-hmm. you know, things happen. And a lot of times, especially when you've grown up with somebody, they're not the same, like, they're not going to necessarily be the same person that you knew all those years ago. I've had to learn that definitely the hard way. So, yeah. you know, but well, we both is, play the devil life. on both sides. You know, we both, I'm not saying that I'm 100% perfect because I'm not, we're all human. But at the end of the day, um, I felt like there is a time in life where you have to woman up and I've been womaning up for about a good five years now. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm like, when are everybody else going to woman up to what you're doing? Like, you have to woman up because that's the only way you're going to succeed. Like, you have to apologize. You have to fix it. You have to go through it. And I feel like just, you know, people, a lot of people run from their issues. And running, I swear, our East Coast people, they love to run. They love to run thinking it's going to fix something. It's not. And they always end back at the same place. You have to kind of conquer and realize what you're doing before you run. It's not going to go away. Like you can run, you can keep running, but it's just not going to make it go away. Like, and, and then after a while, you can only run for so long because at some point it's going to catch up to you. I oh, mean, yeah. you cannot, you just can't. And so it's, it makes more sense to just be able to face it. And that's part of, that's part of growth and maturity. I mean, the, the reality is everybody doesn't get to that place at the same time. So for some people, you know, they may be in their twenties when they realize it. For some people, they may be in their forties. It's that that run, you know, that journey looks different for everybody. And um, I mean, in, in that kind of situation, I'm grateful that like I'm 30. So I'm grateful that there are a lot of things that I know now that it didn't take me until I was 50. You know, I'm like, OK, at least exactly. I live my life differently, you know, as opposed to <clears throat> perpetuating the same issues. Um, so, yeah, but um, something. OK, so this is not related to fashion, but <laughs> that's fine. Because, mm-hmm. um, so you said that you um, have a fiance. Mm-hmm. So did you all? Um, no, I'm married. Um, so oh, I, congratulations! Thank you. I um, moved out here. So my wife is originally from LA. Well, the LA area. We met in Atlanta. I mean, I'm from Atlanta. We met there, got together there, everything. But she was saying that, oh, at some point, I know I want to go back to California and live there as an adult. You know, I want to have that experience. So. Uh, we made the decision to relocate. She relocated first. And then I followed, you know, I met her uh, out here after finishing at least in Atlanta and mm-hmm. um, been here. So that in the midst of, you know, we've been working, we've been doing other stuff. We both are trying to, um, you know, be better. And then I started doing like podcasts and I'm trying to kind of take that to the next level. So that in and of itself, it's for one, relationships are their own journey. And then in a business, you know, like doing that and like a business and trying to, and I mean, I've been like kind of doing some type of side hustle or something since we've been together. So she's accustomed to like really being by my side through all my endeavors, like, you know, the modeling, mm-hmm. the all the stuff I've done. So how has that been like, just, you know, because you are, you, you're having your relationship and everything in the midst of, all this other stuff going on. Um, y'all still going to work. You're still doing this stuff, but you're also chasing, your, you know, these other goals. So yeah. what role basically has your relationship played in that? Okay. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background on my relationship that a lot of people don't know. Um, me and Chris, Chrissy's been together for six and a half years, been engaged for six. Um, when we, for us, it was a little bit easy. Um, I'm, I don't want to brag in that sense. I want to be more humble about it. So it was easier in the sense of when we first met, Chrissy was the breadwinner. She's She was the workaholic. Chrissy was working two or three jobs. Like, Chrissy was working two or three jobs, and I was just sitting at home watching my goddaughter. You know, I wasn't working, and this was back when I was, what, 22? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was young. <laughs> yeah, this is back when, yeah, back in my 20s. So um, when I first met her, uh, she had kind of like seen, seeing her 
as a workaholic, it got me, you know, to get up. And I was always designing clothes. I was always sewing, but I wasn't doing it to an extent of where I was doing it to selling. I was making stuff for what I wanted to do. Like when I wanted to go out to the club, I'll make me something to wear. Um, <laughs> that's what, that's how I was, um, six years ago. And throughout this time, we were able to develop our niche of how we are going to kind of grow this relationship together because it's weird. She went to school for telecommunications. I went to school for fashion. They work together, but they don't. And at first, I didn't understand. I was like, she, she's going to school for TV and I'm going to school for fashion. Yeah, they go together because you need somebody to style you for television. But she didn't go to school to be the person in front of the tele. I mean, in front of the mic. She went to school to be the person behind the camera. So six years ago, social media was not popping like it was now. Right. So different now. It's completely different now. So we didn't we didn't understand our niche to how, you know, we were going to kind of, you know, coincide our careers with our relationship. So we just basically worked separately. She did communications. Mm -hmm. I was just I was just working in fashion. And that's how we coincide. We came home. We paid the bills. We were traveling and moving to L.A. was my idea. And it was my idea to a sense where I was like, I want to move to L.A. And she looked at me and was like, okay. I was like, seriously? She was like, okay. Hey. And it's weird. And it was my... Happened, like, someone who is support. I mean, I wish, I wish I could honestly say that that was me because it absolutely was not. My wife was like, I want to move back to L.A. I was like, hell to the no-no. Like, I was not here for it at first. And then I was like, I had to... It took me some time to come around. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Pops to her for actually being like, hey, all right, because I was just like, I mean, my 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 foundation is in Atlanta, my my support system, my following, like even the people who originally started supporting my podcast, it was all East Coast, so that was what I was used to, and I don't have any outside of my wife's family, like I feel you, you. Know, my folks are out here, you know, so I'm just like, um, I don't know about that, so but to have that person who is going to be supportive, I mean, we we went through a similar thing of kind of trying to figure out. How can we, you know, kind of bridge that gap and bring some things together? Because we both are kind of working separately. I always had some kind of side hustle operating. Um, she would kind of try to get involved to, in a way. But, I mean, she went to school for, like, business. I went to school for um, counseling. But I always like doing all this creative stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we kind of went through that same process of, process of, like, hey, how can we kind of, like, work together? Um, you know, kind of toss ideas around and stuff like that and try to figure out what works and what doesn't work basically yeah. so we more so we don't like work together in a traditional sense i mean but we do like check in with each other and like get each other's feedback like she listens to the podcast she's been on the podcast but she listens to it gives me her feedback um she has a a business thing that she's starting now she gets my feedback i you know we give each other suggestions and stuff like that and we found that that was kind of like the best way for us to to navigate it because we mm-hmm. did try something like together, like a really kind of like start like a business together, but it was kind of hard to, we work, we work fine together, but it was just trying to make those things kind of go together was difficult. <laughs> um, I get you. It makes sense when you say like, Oh, well, you know, we were kind of trying to figure out how to, you know, align what we're doing and kind of work together. So I feel that, but my back continue. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. So like the way we found out that we could work at, Versus because, okay, so let me go back a little bit. So be, when Chrissy told me that um, she wanted to move to L.A., I was like, for real? She was like, yeah. I was like, okay. Three months later, she bought the LLC to my business. No, th- this is the funny part. The day before, we had gotten to this huge argument. I don't know why. I think I was just having the time of my month. You know how old women have. Oh. <laughs> and I had completely went off. And I was like, you just don't care about like, me. I'm just not here for it. You were like, I'm not here for it. <laughs> yeah, like, I just had a complete meltdown that day, and I don't understand why. And I went to work. She went to work. I came home. She ate email. We were like, did you check your email? I was like, no, I'm checking my email for it. She was like, because you got a LLC to PS. I love you. I, I pay for the name, the patent, the trademark. And I'm like, oh, thank you. So at that point, it made me realize she sees so much more into me than I see into myself because this has been something that I had been talking about I was going to do, but I never could really sit down 
to figure out how I was doing it because I was always mm. trying to make money to make moves to make sure that hey. I could always meet up to Chrissy. And Chrissy was like, you ain't got to meet up to me. Just do right. what I want you to do. Do what you do. And follow <laughs> your dream. Do what you've right. been doing and do you. So that was something that literally that woke me up. So then it's funny because she moved to L.A. three months before I did. She got the job. Did that too. <laughs> she transferred her job and moved before I came. Well, Chrissy didn't that. transfer. Yo, she basically, yo, she quit. She quit AT&T, um, flew out here three times for three interviews at Enterprise and got the job. So she had to move out here uh, three months before I did. And I was still hesitant with up, up into my last week before I left. Whole time, it was my idea. It was my idea to move to L.A. And I'm right. I'm like, you don't want to say you want to move. And she's, you know, supporting you. She's like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> to go back to what I was saying is I'm I come from a huge family. Like my grandma had um, five kids. My mom is the oldest. My my dad had 10 kids. Eight are still alive. Um, my my mom has two plus she had three. And then she, you know, adopted other kids. So I have a blended family. Like, my stepfather has four kids outside of, you know, my mom's marriage. That was before right. my mom. So my family was so huge. So for me to leave all my friends that were my true friends and come out to L.A. was like, Tommy, you leaving your whole family. Are you Are you really going to do this? <laughs> leaving everybody. I'm just like, oh, snap. My whole support system. All my friends. All my family. <laughs> okay. And it was hard. I... And the only person I had was my god sister that was living in that I was staying with at the time until I was able to move into an apartment. And then she had moved back to Vegas on me. So I was just like, okay, I'm really lonely. Like, so my first two and a half years was rocky as crap. And then like for me and Chrissy, we have always like literally she has always been my support system. And every pop-up shop she's there. Um like I'm all over the social media, <laughs> right? Like she look. She recorded me right now. <laughs> nice. She might got me on live, but like Uh-oh. she because yeah, because she went to school for communications, right? And anything that's dealing with social media, anything that's dealing with um uh the anything, photography, the YouTube, the documentaries, the whole documentary. It's for her. It's not for me. It's for her because she went to school for communications. Chrissy wants to be a, a producer one day. So I'm like, okay, let's produce a documentary. Okay. So look, basically... I might, look, I might have to circle on back to her. <laughs> contact <laughs> like, me. <laughs> you know, I have to chat. No, that's, that's dope because that's actually what I... Well, not be a producer, but communications was my first thing. Like, I, I wanted to do radio, which is mm-hmm. why I'm doing the podcast now, but... I wanted to do, I did like uh, radio when I went to uh, college. I did, and then they would have like the little school TV station and stuff. I did that throughout school. I knew I wanted to do something in like uh, broadcast journalism. Like I used to write newspapers, all that kind of stuff. But radio really was like my love because I love music. Um, So it's like being able to, the good thing about for you two is like being able to be with someone where you can support each other, like not just, oh, well, you know, just encouragement, but also like in a very practical way, like because she has that background, there are certain mm-hmm. stuff she, she's able to do and she knows you and she knows your vision. So she can come at it from that perspective too, as opposed to a stranger doing it. Like if she's on, exactly. then she's going to handle it differently than somebody who doesn't know you, who's just putting some footage together. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's what I think is so great about our balance because when it comes to social media, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not even on my own, like my personal Instagram. All my friends, like you, never post, and I'm like, because I'm on my business page, and they're <laughs> like, why? And I'm like, because I'm trying to understand it. Like I'm trying to get this niche. Because I mean, okay. I'm down with social media, but I'm not down with the ads, and you know, I'm trying to get my following up, and I'm just, I'm really trying to understand the dynamics of how should I make this look, and how should I make that look. And Chris is like, why are you doing that? I'm here. I got you. I do it. And I'm just like, well, she's she's like, you go do you, you go style, you go make some clothes. 
I'll deal with all of the social media back end. And like, that's a blessing. If you have somebody like you, you never know your girlfriend might have a crazy niche for social media or like she might be able to do all the business back background that you don't want to do. And with me, like I'm good with the business. I'm good with the brand. I know my brand and I'm good with designing for my brand. But Chrissy always backed me up with a great contract. You know what I mean? Like, right. So it's all like you, you, you can do it, but you can't always do it yourself. And I realized it, if she wasn't my girlfriend, she'll be my business partner. So either way, it's, it's a win-win situation. And if you have a partner that's willing to back you, if you can use that free resource while you got it. You ain't got to pay them. Just <laughs> you pay them in love. <laughs> exactly. I pay, look, I pay, look, I tell her real quick, I pay you no mind, boo. Thank you. <laughs> Dang. Don't do her like that. <laughs> I know. It's, it's just to have that, Um, I, I mean, I think that, too, it it does add to a relationship when you know that the person that you're with really, really supports you, Um, not just in kind of like an abstract way, not just like, oh, well, you know, in a dismissive way, like, oh, I support you, do your thing. Not like that, but in a, hey, I'm willing to, um, for real, for real support you. Like, I'm willing to come through with resources. I'm willing to, like, I um, was telling my listeners for Christmas, like, my wife basically upgraded my, my little podcasting situation. So she got me, like, a Chromebook, a microphone. I've seen that. I've seen that. Like, I think I like that picture, too. <laughs> I was like, oh, so you for real, for real support, you know. Um, and, I mean, she's always been supportive like that over the course of our relationship, you know, just try to, we try to support each other's interests and stuff like that. But it's nothing, nothing compares to like, you know, knowing that, Hey, this is the person that I'm with, I'm sharing my life with. And also they very much support me, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's to me, I just think it, it makes the relationship better. Um, because you know that you have someone in your corner, like who, not just because, Oh, well they're with me. So they're, but also because they legitimately believe in what you're doing. Exactly. They see it. And it's weird because what Chrissy sees is the same thing my mom sees. And when I see my mom and Chrissy look at my work or which Chrissy's my fiance or when I see like my mom and Chrissy look at like the Instagrams or the YouTubes or my pop up shops, their eyes is just like, wow. And they like. I look at Chrissy like, are you my girlfriend? Or are you like my mom? Like, what is this? Like, why are you and my mom on the same page when it comes to my artwork? <laughs> but That's a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing, but it, it's like, should not be like this. And like with me, like I'm so nonchalant when it comes to certain things. Don't get me wrong. I have a great personality, but when it comes to people like winning me over for me, I have so much of a high expectation. People are like, oh my God, your brand is so great. And I'm like, thank you. You know, I'm just, you know, I think I can be greater, you know, there's, all, but it's not I in a bad way. It's, though, it's, you know, because you're looking at it as the creator versus even though they are close to you, they're still to an extent on the outside looking in. So it's different for, it, they get a different perspective. And that's how I feel about the podcast. Like when my wife told me she listened, she listened to the podcast. Like when I first started and I was like, for real, like you live with me, you hear me all the time. Like you still listen to the podcast. And she's like, yeah. So for her to give me that feedback from the outside looking in, but still being someone who's close to me, it's just a different perspective versus me. I'm looking at it like, well, you know me, like, you know, exactly. like, it's not as a big deal. Um, but people, even people who know me, like one of my close friends is like, oh, girl, I just went back and listened to this episode again. I'm like, you talk to me regularly. You ain't tired of hearing my voice. And she's like, girl, no, you know, it's a different, it just gives you a different perspective because if you're a creator, like you really can get in that place where you're kind of like, you're so used to being immersed in your own creation and what you're doing that you're not looking at it from the perspective as, the same perspective as someone from the outside looking in, you know? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so like, oh, it's not a big deal. Cause that's me. I'm like, it ain't a big deal. And they're like, uh, you wrong. <laughs> you know? So. Right. They're like, oh my God, that is so dope. And I'm like, thank you. Like, it could be better. They're like, you know, yeah. it's perspective. <laughs> yeah. Like people are like, oh my, like my mom's like that bag, like, my, cause I sew handbags. So my mom's like, that bag is so nice. And I'm like, I like it, but I wish I would have added that to that. And my mom's like, it's fine this way, Tommy. And I'm just like, okay, sorry. 
<laughs> I know. Then it's like they they start looking at you like, um, excuse you, don't. I mean, I I real I understand because I'm the same way when it comes to people to other people. So you know, if I see, oh, my friend is, um, you know, like let's say they're doing photography or something, they take, and I'm like, oh my god, those photos are so bomb, and they're like, oh, the lighting could have been, and I'm like, excuse you, don't talk about my friend, you know, exactly. <laughs> Different perspective, but it's awesome to be able to have that kind of support system. Like, I feel like that's one of the most valuable resources um, that you can have. So, but before, okay. So before I wrap up, cause I'm looking at the time, I'll uh, let people know where they can find you on social media. So like the Instagram, your website, I'm going to also include it in um, the, in the show notes. So people can, you know, go to the links, but um, so they'll know. And then what, what's coming up? For PS, I love me. Like in for this year, like do you have pop up shops? Do you have um, events, or you know, what's kind of what can we be looking forward to? So, well, I'm gonna answer the first question. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's PS I love me 87. My website is PS I love me 87.com, and my Facebook is Tommy Coleman slash PS I love me. I don't remember the Twitter. I don't really get on Twitter too much. I'm not a Twitter <laughs> fan. I just, I mean, if somebody can teach me how to use Twitter, I'm down. But it's just like. That's what the, your fiance is for. Your fiance got to come in and, you know. And, and, and Exactly. She's in Twitter. charge of the Twitter. What's the Twitter? What's the Twitter? I got to remember. See, she don't remember See, the password to Twitter. See, we're terrible with Twitter. Y'all got to get it. We're we going to circle back on that and we'll include it. <laughs> we can circle back on the Twitter. Uh, I'll, I'll email it to you. Um, but to be honest, I'm going to learn Twitter. I just need somebody to teach me Twitter. Um, We're going to work on that. So uh, if, if not, because I, I actually really like Twitter. It's probably my favorite. Um, but I also act a fool on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I, so even, hey, I'll have to, even if I have to show you, because it really can be uh, beneficial you know, to kind of put some stuff out there, especially letting folks know where you're going to be. Um, okay. all that. Yeah. Well, I kind of got scarred with Twitter because back when Twitter first came out, my mom had a Twitter before me. Oh, no. And, yeah. And my mom's like, everybody who knows my mom, she's like, so savvy when it comes to social media. She was being like a Twitter gangster. And I was like, you know what? I'm not hanging out with you. You're like, I'm not ready for this. I did not consent to seeing all this. <laughs> like, she's not a bad Twitter, I mean, like a bad gangster. But like, like if somebody says something, like, she'll probably tweet like Donald Trump sucks or something like that. Like, my mom goes hang. Uh, she's about that life. She has I no think, filter. I think I like your mom. I don't even know her. I'm like, I think I like your mama. She's about that life. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> Yo, she's about that life in a respectful way, though. Like, in a respectful way. But, like, she'll let you know on Twitter. So I think that's, that's kind of where the scarring came from. But I'm going to okay, go back. I'm going to okay. go back. <laughs> 2019. Yes, I love me on Twitter, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. 20. Ooh. Sorry, you can go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just saying that's that's one. It, hopefully, in twenty nineteen, we'll see we'll see you uh, more on Twitter. But so what? So do you know as of now, like kind of some things that are coming ahead for this year, or like any any goals or anything you're you're trying to do? Um, I have a couple things in planning. I have a couple projects. I'm working. I'm currently working on you know doing a fashion show with a couple of my friends that I have met throughout the years and year. Um, I am working on a collaboration with my god sister. We're going to be doing some collabs on that as well. Um, I have some bigger things I can't really talk about yet. I have to sign some disclosure forms for, but I have about two or three pop-up shops I'm doing. Um, I am actually going to have a couple of my own this year, and I'm going to be bringing out tons tons of product. I'm just, right now, we're in the midst of... um, the planning stages for the product of seeing what lines we're going to do and how we're going to place them and name them. Um, and hopefully by the beginning of October, I can drop my children's line. I'm working on that as well. So keep my fingers crossed. Speaking into existence, it's going to happen.
Black Radical Queer Podcast is all about intersectionality and Black queer folks sharing our stories on our own terms. We navigate an array of identities and BRQ is an outlet where we can see the spectrum of those identities reflected, explored, and celebrated. Black Radical Queer is a main hustle media podcast hosted by Javier Nicole, produced and edited by Charmaine Johnson. Music is by Publicity. You can find us on social media by looking up Black Rat Queer. It's B-L-K-R-A-D-Q-W-R. We are on um, Facebook as well as Instagram and Twitter. Same handle regardless at Black Rat Queer. B-L-K-R-A-D-Q-W-R. We also have a Facebook discussion group that's just called BRQ Discussion Group. And you can also listen wherever you get your podcast. So we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, Google Play, you know, all those types of things. And we have, you know, our home base that's on Lipson, so you can listen on there as well. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Make sure you come on back around next week to see uh, what we have for you. And all right, y'all, I'm out. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.